Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Tuesday, January 14th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead... At the dawn of the 20th century, St. Louis was known for innovative fashion designs and powerhouse apparel makers, but that industry died out. Today, there is a resurgence. Lisa Hughes among the diverse designers ready to bring life back to St. Louis's fashion scene. We don't toot our own horns about the resources we have in the city. And as a fashion entrepreneur in St. Louis, I find that there's a lot of people supporting what I do. In a story that first aired on St. Louis Public Radio last month, our Andrea Henderson goes behind the seams with local designers. First, the headlines. St. Louis's first black prosecutor has sued the city, its police union, and others for what she calls racist efforts to block her reform agenda. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman has more on the federal lawsuit filed by Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner. Special prosecutors have been scrutinizing Gardner's conduct in the criminal case against former Governor Eric Greitens for months. She's been blocked from using city funds to pay for attorneys in that investigation. And she's routinely been the target of ire from the St. Louis Police Officers Association. Gardner alleges in the suit that all of these actions taken together amount to a racist conspiracy intended to keep her from securing the equal protection of the law for everyone in the city. She also accuses the defendants of abusing the legal system to remove her from office. A spokesman for the city says Gardner's accusations are meritless. Jeff Rorta, a police union official named in the suit, calls it the last act of a desperate woman. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis Mayor Lida Krusen has a challenger more than one year before the primary election. 20th Ward Alderwoman Kara Spencer has announced she will run against Krusen in March 2021. Spencer says she wants to live in a city that works. For the last five years, I've had a front row seat to the dysfunction of city government. We are a great old city, but we're broken in a lot of ways. Spencer says she will focus on building coalitions to fight crime. She also wants to change the way the city awards development incentives. Filing for the municipal primary opens in November. That election is March 2nd, 2021. A spokesman for Krusen says the mayor is proud to stand on her track record of improving city services and addressing issues like vacancy. A documentary about a former St. Louis state representative has been nominated for an Academy Award. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports on what the nomination means for Bruce Franks and the city he used to represent in the Missouri House. Franks was the subject of St. Louis Superman, a roughly 25-minute documentary about his pathway and tenure as a state representative. The film, which has already captured a number of awards, was nominated for the Best Documentary Short Subject Oscar. Frank says the nomination sends a message of hope to St. Louis residents who have struggled. We tell young people all the time that come from our communities that, oh, you know, it's a big world out there, or you can be anything you want to be, or you can do it, but we don't actually show them. And I think this is a way of showing them that, that there is hope. Frank says he plans to go to the Oscar ceremony in Los Angeles on February 9th. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. 
Our most recent Politically Speaking podcast features State Representative Rasheen Aldridge. He's 25, one of the youngest members of the Missouri Legislature. Aldridge discusses several issues, including legislation he has filed to restore voting rights to people on parole and probation. That podcast is on our website, stlpublicradio.org. At the turn of the 20th century, St. Louis was second to New York in the fashion world. It was home to large department stores, an abundance of manufacturers, and innovative shoemakers and designers. But it all changed after companies closed and manufacturing moved overseas. More than a century later, St. Louis's fashion scene appears to be making a comeback with state-of-the-art design schools, fashion incubators, and a diverse crop of designers. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. This is not a New York Fashion Week runway show. It's the St. Louis Fashion Fund's fifth annual fashion show and auction at Neiman Marcus inside the Plaza Frontenac. The fashion nonprofit and its guests are celebrating eight St. Louis-based emerging designers. The fund provides resources and opens doors for collaboration with local production companies. It also promotes fashion education in the city. The Fashion Fund's vision is to revitalize St. Louis's once thriving Washington Avenue Garment District. To find out about St. Louis's rich fashion history, I visited the Missouri Historical Society. So we're going to the room where we keep our atlases, and we're going to get a couple out so we can look at them. Okay. That's Emily Jaycox, the head librarian for the Society. She's showing me maps of what Washington Avenue's shopping district looked like between 1897 and 1905. So millinery, that's the word for hat making. So right on Washington between 10th and 11th, there was a big millinery warehouse, steam dryers here. Um, but here's Six Baron Fuller, Grand Leader. So this was one of the major department stores of the day between 6th and 7th on the north side of Washington. The district stretched westward from present-day arch grounds to Midtown. As the city continued to grow in population and popularity, the need for mass production of clothing and shoes began to skyrocket. The biggest department stores started out in the dry good business, and the idea was that back um, in the day, you'd buy your fabric and your notions and your threads and your trim, and you would be putting your own clothes together. William Barr was one of the pioneers in saying, well, let's have some ready-made things. Between the 1890s and the 1904 World's Fair, St. Louis quickly became the perfect location to sell and purchase apparel and accessories because of its easy access to railroads, the Mississippi River, and cheap labor. One of the reasons it became such a big manufacturing center is that the manufacturers were hoping to have reduced labor costs from what they would have had in New York or Chicago. So um, St. Louis was able to attract immigrant workers and migrant workers who um, could be persuaded to work for lower wages. But the boom didn't last, and around the late 1950s, the fashion industry in the city started to decline. It was partly because of the rise of shopping malls and production being moved overseas. Now, 60 years later, the city is vibrant again, with clothing and accessory startup companies and a fresh, diverse group of designers. So St. Louis is absolutely good for a grassroots business, and I'm finding success in it because I don't know of another store that's doing what I'm doing. That's Brandon Vaughn. He grew up near the Del Mar Loop and has been sewing since he was a teenager. 
He owns a high-end and streetwear fashion storefront off Cherokee Street called the Brandon Vaughn Collection. The African-American designer lived and produced clothes in Chicago for about 10 years before moving back to St. Louis. He says it's affordable and his customer is based in the city. I always want to have something in St. Louis. Um, it's, it's because it's, it's what I love, it's what I know. It's, it's comfortable to start a business. And it's in the middle of the country. Vaughn sees his business scaling in St. Louis, just like Fashion Lab resident designer Lisa Hugh. Though her handbag company has been featured in national fashion magazines, the Chinese-American says St. Louis will always be home base for her company Lux & Nix. I like literally tell people like, hey, it's great to be a fashion company in St. Louis. I always tell people this, you've got to be the first. You know, like you have to have a few companies that's really going to solidify a city to be what it is. While gathering her eco-friendly handbags together in one of Neiman Marcus's fitting rooms during the fashion show, she says she's proud to own a fashion company in St. Louis. So Silicon Valley, before it was Silicon Valley, they had tech companies that came in that made it a hub. And then all of a sudden Silicon Valley became a thing. And I want to make a name for St. Louis, you know, like let's make St. Louis sexy. Why not? Hugh says with the professional opportunities and industry connections that the St. Louis Fashion Fund provides for local designers and the innovative fashion design labs at schools like Washington University, St. Louis can become what it once was before, a fashion powerhouse city. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. That story originally aired on St. Louis Public Radio December 26th. Our Holly Edgel edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.